0: Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Promising Practices for Meeting the Needs of Duly Eligible Older Adults with Schizophrenia. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on November 6, 2018. In this podcast, Anne-Marie Luongo, Program Manager at Advance Behavioral Health, Inc., describes community-based services and their role in supporting beneficiaries with schizophrenia.
1: Good afternoon. My name is Anne Marie Luongo, and I am the program manager for the Connecticut Mental Health Medicaid Waiver through Advanced Behavioral Health Inc. Next slide. Um, And just, you know, some basic information on ABH and just to let you know that um, ABH is currently the fiduciary and credentialing agency for the mental health waiver in the state of Connecticut. So um, Dr. Zara and Tracy have given you a lot of information today. So just gonna follow up with some observations and some tips from running a program that provides uh, direct care services to older adults uh, with schizophrenia living in the community. Uh, Next slide, please. Um, So I think it's important to look at why some of our older clients with schizophrenia um, might not be attending appointments regularly. It's a big issue that we deal with in our program. Um, And it's important to keep in mind that there may be many reasons um, why they're not always doing that. And it's not often clear. Um, And instead of just quickly labeling clients as being non-compliant, it's really important to do a little investigation and and figure out what's going on. Um, Obviously some of the symptoms of their schizophrenia uh, like paranoia and delusions can get in the way Um, but sometimes it's more practical things like transportation issues Um, sometimes the Medicaid transportation doesn't always show up uh, or if it does show up they're an hour late so obviously um, that can get in the way so it's really important to you know talk with your clients about what particular issues are going on and what's leading them to not attend appointments Uh, next slide please um, so, we see a lot of our clients getting very anxious uh, around attending doctor appointments. Uh, they're not sure how to explain themselves sometimes to the doctor or if the doctor is going to understand what they're trying to get across. Uh, they also might be frightened by what the doctor might do once hearing of some of their symptoms, um, either medical symptoms or psychiatric. Um, many of the folks we work with have spent a significant time in institutions, and some of them are. Uh, nervous about having to go back Um, in Connecticut um, you know a lot of the institutions that were previously used to house individuals with serious mental illness those buildings are now being used as outpatient facilities Um, so you can understand how some of our clients are quite hesitant to go to those buildings for treatment Um, even sometimes driving on the grounds or driving by those facilities um, can cause a lot of anxiety for our clients so obviously a big factor um, in deterring some of our clients for following up with their care. Next slide, please. Uh, Another issue that we come up with a lot is um, clients going to medical appointments and sometimes assumptions being made that their physical symptoms are related to their psychiatric illness, Um, and this is also known as diagnostic overshadowing. Um, You know, sometimes we're quick to judge um, that everything that's going on with our folks is related to their psychiatric illness, so maybe we might overlook some other issues that might be going on, um, and we might be Missing something medical. Uh, Case example that we worked with uh, an older gentleman who was living with schizophrenia. Uh, His symptoms were being quite well managed by medication, Uh, living in the community, in uh, uh, elderly housing, doing quite well with services in his home. Um, He began experiencing visual hallucinations, which was a new symptom for him. He had never experienced them before. Uh, His doctor increased his psychiatric medication, thinking that this was a new symptom. Um, They tried that for a few times. He ended up in the ED a couple of times, a couple of times of inpatient hospitalization. Eventually, after they couldn't resolve the issue, um, they ended up hospitalizing him for a longer period of time taking him off all of his medications and restarting, uh, come to find out that the issue had to do with a pain medication uh, that he was taking a fairly high dosage of and had for years. Um, But obviously, as he aged, he wasn't able to tolerate the medication as well. And one of the side effects was these visual hallucinations he was having of children uh, sitting in the corner of his living room in his apartment. Um, So once that medication um, was reduced, uh, he was no longer experiencing those visual hallucinations. Next slide, please. Um, So in order to help our clients work through some of these issues, the the most important thing is to build and gain trust. Uh, It's critical that we take the time to get to know our clients as a whole person, not just their diagnosis. Uh, Find out what's important to them, what their likes and dislikes are. Uh, Take an interest um, in what they find interesting. Uh, Once we're able to gain that trust and relationship with the client, we can work on techniques that might help them deal with some of the fear and anxiety of attending appointments. Uh, A lot of the things we try to focus on with our staff is guided imagery, exercises, breathing exercises, relaxation techniques, Um, You know, and role playing also can be helpful uh, in helping a client prepare for an appointment. Um, A lot of times if they practice what they're going to say to the doctor with a staff they feel comfortable with and have a lot of trust with, it's a good preparation for when they do actually attend the appointment with the doctor. Next slide, please. Um, so something we can do as community-based pri- providers, um, we wanna give them a lot of choice um, and empower the client to make a lot of decisions around their medical care. Uh, these are folks who may not have been given these options previously, um, but we definitely, you know, now wanna try to empower them to take control of their care. Uh, you wanna work on a list of positives or benefits with them on following up with care. Um, you know, help them decide how following up with services is gonna benefit them. We are all more likely to do things when we can see the benefit of the action. Uh, remembering that sometimes going to a new doctor or a new facility can be overwhelming for our folks, uh, so we try to introduce things gradually um, and let them build up a comfort level, um, you know showing them a website of the doctor uh, office, maybe so they can see a picture of the doctor. Um, sometimes we even drive by the office with the client so they can see where it is, uh, take a stroll through the building before the appointment, things like that. And again, you want to provide as much education as you can on medical informa- uh, on medical issues. Uh, we want to be empowering the client to make their own decisions. So we want to make sure they have all the resources. Next slide, please. So one of the most important things we focus on in training um, is that it's not always what we say, but how we say it. Um, You know, finding the right way to communicate with someone can be the difference between failure and success. Uh, So you want to really think about how you might say something to get the most positive result. And I just listed on this slide a few examples of just how maybe changing the phrasing of how you're saying something to a client um, can hopefully get a better response. Um, You know, so instead of saying you need to go to the doctor because you're having trouble walking, uh, maybe trying to point out a positive benefit um, of going to the doctor. So being able to get around better would make it easier to go to the park. Um, So, again, just trying to find out, uh, you know, a phrase that may get a better response from a client. Next slide, please. So in coordinating care for older adults with schizophrenia, it's important, again, to create a plan that includes both medical and behavioral health providers. Um, obviously, there can be many different people working with our clients, um, so you wanna make sure everybody's involved, everybody's on the same page. That, of course, is gonna mean regular contact between all providers. Uh, secure email is vital. Our program would not survive without it, um, so definitely something you need to make sure you have. Um, again, you want to make sure you train as many staff as possible in motivational interviewing, um, not just so that they can more effectively communicate with their clients, but also they can model those types of interactions when they're out with the client with other providers. Um, so hopefully everyone can start working with our clients in a more effective manner. Um, and again, making sure their plan of care includes the whole person, and you know, not just the nuts and the bolts. Uh, Our clients do better when they're active and social, so we need to help them with these goals by including that in their plans. Next slide, please. Um, and, again, you don't want to ask clients to just forget about some of those previous negative experiences they may have had um, when attending medical appointments or even psychiatric appointments. Um, you know, some of those experiences may have not been comfortable. They may have been judged. They may have not been treated well. Um, but we want to encourage them to, you know, learn from those experiences and build on that to become a better self-advocate. Um, we want to encourage them to educate providers on their illness. and so that they'll be able to request the treatment that they actually need. Um, and again, role playing can be very helpful in these types of situations in kind of um, helping clients go through a different scenario that they might have faced with a, with a provider. Next slide, please. Um, so my program's goal is to keep older adults with schizophrenia out of the nursing homes and in the community. Um, so we always need to be focusing on what we can do to provide better outcomes. Um, so you're gonna want to examine all the home and community-based options that are available to our folks. Um, with our population, it's probably gonna mean a combination of services from programs like Medicaid waivers like mine, um, also home healthcare agencies, and also accessing uh, here in we call them local mental health authorities. So whoever the community providers are that are providing the behavioral health services, um, everyone's gonna need to work together to really provide what our clients need to stay out of the nursing homes and stay in independent housing. Uh, We wanna make sure we look for secure housing where clients can age in place and also in communities where they're gonna be accepted. Uh, Investigating different medication management resources is important, Um, utilizing devices such as electronic medication boxes, um, sometimes daily medication administration from home care agencies, um, and also maybe sometimes turning to intramuscular therapies um, to help those clients that might not follow through on medication on a regular basis. Next slide, please. Um, Just some legal issues that we have to keep in mind in working with our folks in the community, releases of information. Um, So just keeping in mind that sometimes these can be difficult to get from our population. Uh, Sometimes our clients have a lot of fear or paranoia about signing documents, Um, so sometimes that can, can play a role in making it difficult to communicate with other providers. Um, the need to work with conservators of person in a state. Um, those terms may vary by state, but some of our folks have uh, been assigned individuals through the probate court to help them make um, legal decisions, financial decisions, so obviously those folks are going to need to be a vital uh, member of the team. Um, and, and keeping in mind, you know, laws and regulations around providing the least restrictive environment. A lot of states, uh, including my own, have been through lawsuits, um, you know, because people with serious mental illness fought for the right to not have to live in nursing homes and wanted to live in the community with supports. So making sure that we're doing everything possible uh, to provide the supports in the community to keep people out of those long-term settings. Next slide, please and being proactive uh, with clients and helping them discuss behavioral health advanced directives, um, encouraging clients to make decisions about where they want to receive care, what they want, and, and who they might want to help make decisions on their behalf. Um, so that's all I have for today. I thank you for your time.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.